everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, I sit down with founder and lead singer of Mother Feather and rock god, Ann Courtney. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. That's not our theme song. That's right. That was Mirror by Mother Feather. Welcome back, as always, to Big Things with Zach Miko. I'm your host, Zach Miko. And guys, I am so crazy excited today because I get to bring you an interview from the lead singer of one of my favorite bands of all time, Mother Feather. It, it, it's amazing. Ann Courtney, lead singer, founder, creator, is such just a tour de force of awesome and we got to have an awesome conversation about life and music and being a rock star and the arts and it was it was fucking awesome guys i'm so excited for you to hear it mother feather on metal blade records available on itunes and everywhere fine music is sold and yeah they're the best band ever and we're gonna talk all about them in a minute uh, in the meantime, how's your guys' spring going? It's almost spring. The weather's being weird where we have no idea what's going on. And what do you think your favorite way to kick off the spring is? Oh, my God. Is it going to a plus-size fashion market? I think it should be. My really, really good friend, Liz Black, who was actually on an episode. You heard her. Blogger, model, reporter, Badass extraordinaire and founder of uh, the blog P.S. It's Fashion is actually hosting a P.S. Brooklyn, a plus size fashion market. P.S. Brooklyn is a plus size fashion market happening at City Point in downtown Brooklyn on May 5th and 6th. It's open from 12 to 7 p.m. both days and is free for all to attend. There will be 20 of your favorite plus size brands, including Rachel Roy, Swimsuits for All, all 67, Chromat, and Universal Standard. Your favorite bloggers will be doing closet sales too, and that's pretty cool. So come get some expertly curated fashion for real cheap. P.S. It's fashion. My girl Liz Black curated the whole thing. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be fun giveaways and activities. And plus, City Point is also just an awesome spot in downtown Brooklyn with a great food hall. There's Century 21 there. There's Target. The Alamo Draft House is down there. There's a ton to do. It sounds like an awesome weekend. I'm going to try my best to be there. I think y'all should, too. City Point's address is 445 Albee Square in Brooklyn. And y'all guys got to go there because we got to support each other. And it's amazing. Uh, and I think you're going to have a good time. So go be a badass and go to PS Brooklyn. And that's what I think you should do. For any more details, follow P.S. It's Fashion on Facebook. Also go to her website, P.S. It's Fashion. And I'm sure all the info will be up there. Liz Black is the best. You guys are going to have so much fun. 
Today's episode, we are talking to the one and only Ann Courtney, like I said before. Guys, Mother Feather is one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm so excited that I got a chance to sit down with her. Uh, Ann Courtney and I actually worked together at a music venue uh, called Rockwood Music Hall back in the day. I was her boss for like a minute. It didn't work out well. Uh, <laughs> I was a very lenient boss, but she's the best, so it's awesome. Mother Feather is an amazing pop cock rock band, and they're signed to Metal Blade Records, and they're the best live show I've ever seen in my entire life. You guys got to go see them. I met up with Ann Courtney in her apartment in Brooklyn, which also happens to be like a magical treehouse. So there's a lot of birds and like a B-52 bomber goes by at one point. At least it sounded like that. So there are birds in this interview. You're not going crazy. There's not a bird in your house. You're going to hear some birds. Other than that, we sit down and have a badass talk about badass things because she's a badass chick. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear it, so let's just stop the rambling and go right into the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Ann Courtney from Motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with Ann Courtney from Motherfeather. And thanks for being here. Oh, ma- no, thanks for being here because you're in my apartment. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to come in your apartment. This is actually a big deal because I don't, I actually don't really have that many people over. Well, that's good. It's very clean. I, because uh, you were coming, I was like, oh shit. We're here in Brooklyn listening to the bird calls of the wild yeah, Brooklynese birds. But it's spring. Floor. It's the nice day for the first time. Yeah, fourth floor treehouse. And forever. So for anyone who does not know, Ann Courtney is the lead singer and I want to say creator of Mother Feather, considering it was your inception from the very beginning. For those of people who don't know, how would you describe Mother Feather? Uh, well, we say that Mother Feather is a cock, pop cock rock band. Yep. The um, perfect elevator pitch. Which, to be honest, I'm kind of bored of talking about cocks all the time yeah that's um, uh, as i can understand that in today's society yeah i mean but the good thing is that our new record is mm-hmm. all pump music which is a, a a newly created genre which includes pop cock rock okay like you know how all uh all bourbon is whiskey but not all whiskey is bourbon Absolutely. like all pop cock rock is pump but not, not all pump is pop cock rock so wrap your brain around that <laughs> one I can't wait to hear <laughs> to listen. So, uh, Mother Feather was founded in 2009. Did I make that up? No, that's that's on. I'm that's fucking good. Yeah. And, and it came kind of out of a catharsis of you were a musician. You had another band mm-hmm. uh, that was called. Uh, it was called. Oh, it's, I'm ar- I'm already tired saying Anne Courtney and the Late Bloomers. It's oh, a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> that's why. That's that. Hence. Hence the uh, destruction of it eventually. I mean, I can totally understand as someone who did music or wanted to be a musician at one point in his life. Sometimes it's not working out too good and it's pretty fucking frustrating. Oh, it's a life of pain and suffering. But Exactly. <laughs> so how did it kind of transition for like the death of the late bloomers mm-hmm. and the birth of Mother Feather? Well, this is, this is a long time ago now, but... You know, I actually tried to turn that band into Mother Feather. Really? Uh, and it, whoa, Cardinal. Oh, hey, buddy. Wow. 
Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn's magical. <laughs> I know. We have cardinals, police <laughs> sirens. It's cool up here, right? I like it. This is why I get very agoraphobic and never leave. I just I just can't wait for uh, somebody to be walking on the street listening to this and run from that police siren. <laughs> like I do with any time I'm in the car <laughs> listening to music and a siren. You guys do that to me. But then I realize I'm not in France. So what? you guys have... um. In the beginning of Beach House, you guys oh, got a yes. siren <laughs> every time. I'm like, oh, shit. But then I'm also <laughs> like, that's not an American police siren. Yeah, the maybe, maybe ill-advised siren at the top of Beach House. Yeah. It's been controversial, that siren. Has it really? <laughs> yeah. Just freaked out one too many people. Uh, um, so yeah. you tried to turn the late bloomers into Mother I Feather tried somehow. To, I tried to. It didn't exactly work, but it became what it needed to be in yeah. that process i mean i like took lizzie with me that's oh right. yeah no as you should yeah She's it amazing. was like okay so you're completely underutilized we're wasting all of your your talents yeah yeah and i mean it's been a long time now you know what what year is it it's been it's 2018 so y'all been together for at least nine years yeah yeah so it's it's uh yeah i tried to turn it into that and i ended up kind of shedding shedding some some layers and uh making something i wanted to make something that i was really really proud of yeah and uh that that's kind of been the the point the through line throughout it all is yeah. you know is this something that is really as as rad and as it could be as rad as you are like don't like don't phone anything in don't yeah. you know this is new york city like we this is this is the greatest city in the world. This is the greatest band in the world. It should yeah. be the greatest band in the world. So, which is something you guys exude when you're on stage, which is why you're. I mean, I've said it before. You guys are my favorite live show. I think I've ever been to. That's not a. That's not a joke. That's Thanks. that really isn't. Thanks. And I've seen a lot of shows, but uh, Thank you. no, you guys are just fucking amazing from start to finish. Something else comes over you guys. I really, like, I really need this band. I really need this show. I mean, I said that you know. Being a musician is a life is a pain is yeah. a, bleh, a life of pain and suffering. But actually, the truth is that the pain and suffering would be if I couldn't yeah. play the shows, if I couldn't. So I work very, very, very hard, and you know, eat a fair amount of shit so that I can. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's my. Am I allowed? Am oh I yeah, allowed totally. To Podcasts are easy. There's a little button that says explicit, and you click it, and now you can swear. Great. Actually, I don't even think there's like any, I don't think it's like FCC regulated. I think if I didn't click that button and we swore, is it there's F-U-C-K no. F-U-C-K regulated? Hey. <laughs> Sorry, we're, drink, we're drinking we gin and sodas. We are drinking gin and soda. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and so what kind of a band was Ann Courtney and the Late Bloomers? In, in a quick description, because we're uh, moving on from them yeah, as yeah, you yeah. did. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a it was a stepping stone yeah. band. It was a uh, it was a, f- a finding my way band. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a l- love lorn alt country band. Awesome. So I mean, sort of. Yeah. I mean, I hear myself in it, but I also hear when I listen to that music, I hear myself finding my way. Yeah, trying to figure shit yeah. out. Yeah, so it, it's it's definitely a part of the story for sure, but it's not the story. No. No, Mother Feather's a story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you started off, so you're like, hey, Lizzie, let's blow this pop stand. Start <laughs> exactly. something way fucking better. Yeah. And then you got everyone. So how'd you end up recruiting the other guys into the mix? Uh, well, I wrote the songs. 
Oh, perfect. That was the first thing was I had a total breakdown. Um, you know, actually, it's funny. I was talking about this the other day. The uh, incredible actor Michael, uh, uh, the guy, oh God, I'm blanking his last name. The guy Keen, that played Sarah. the dad in, um, uh, oh my God, uh, the guy that played <laughs> the dad in the beautiful, uh, the Merchant Ivory or the Merchant. James Merchant film just came out about the the coming of age gay love story that takes place in Italy. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, um, um, uh, call me by your name. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I also know the actor you're talking about. Don't remember his full name. Oh, my God. So, but he I, also did... Um, he did the the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, all those and movies. I went out to. Lo- I ended up. He was I didn't a bad go- guy in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, he's just yeah. a great actor, right? An artist. Yeah. And um, I years ago, I guess it was probably... It was early 2009, mm-hmm. and I ended up at a lunch with him, and he was talking about, he had just shot the Coen Brothers movie, and he just was so, he, he was just so focused and clear about mm. his artistry, and I had like a total meltdown, because I was like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? I'm not, yeah. a, you know, um, but it was really good, because, you know, I sort of had to be completely shaken up to... Yeah to figure out what I wanted to do. So I took this, uh, I was on a, on a little like weekend trip out of the city and I sometimes just, you know, changing, changing your location is like enough for that. Oh yeah. Especially living in New York city. Yeah. Yeah. For that reset. And I had like a vision of this band and I knew that I had to write a bunch of songs and I knew what I wanted the the band to be and look like and sound like. And so I was like, well, I got to get to work. So I wrote Mother Feather. That was kind of the thesis, you know, and it went from there. And I just was like, blah, with songs and songs and songs and um, put the band together with a really old friend, put it together with a coworker, um, Gunner, the drummer who we... You know, I used to see playing all the time in Nights on Earth at yeah. Rockwood. And I was like, oh, man, that guy's my fucking dream drummer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think it was I think it was Ken Rockwood, our boss, who said uh, he's like, well, why don't you why don't you ask him to play with you? I, I mean, know. it sounds like oh. such a crazy thing. Right. But I was like, wow, I could actually ask like the coolest drummer I know to play. with. You know, yeah. what have I got to lose? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. That's what's so cool uh, for a little behind the scenes secret. Ann and I used to work together back in the day at uh, Rockwood Music Hall in the Lower East Side. Yeah. And yeah, it was just it, that was there was something magical about that place where it was that simple. I love that Ken's like, why don't you just ask him? Because it was <laughs> it, it, it became this thing where, you know, I had. 13 feet between me and some of the coolest musicians I'd ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, which is sometimes really too fucking close. It's, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> but because of that, it, it, it shed down this barrier. We weren't, you know, at like the Webster, or these other huge things where you never talk to anybody. It was just like, yeah, they get off stage and they like come to me for a drink or they ask me for a drink from stage, which is super annoying, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> oh. Yeah, don't do that. No, it's not. Don't do that. But I mean, Rockwood is like a huge part of my story. Yeah. I worked there for 10 years. 10 yeah. years. You know, that, that, pl- I, you know, I was in Ann Courtney and the Late Bloomers when I started and, yeah. you know, left because I was like, Mother Feather's going on tour. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big successful musician now. 
No, I'm not. That was that was a bad laugh. No, that was a that was a mutual respect laugh because I quit Rockwood for a similar reason. Yeah, and, and I then still, went real and I broke still work real at a bar. quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So was there any sort of? How did you get people? I mean, I know all these people in the band. Was it a hard pitch to get these guys on board for Mother Feathers out there, but in a very amazing, cathartic? primal way was there it was that like a difficult pitch to get guys on board or was that like a hey you guys want to fucking rock out and leave it all on stage every night yeah it was not a hard pitch because of the songs yeah and i mean chris our guitar player he is was a really old friend of yeah. lizzie's and mine and we kind it was kind of a way back in you know we yeah. saw him he was a side man with lots of uh or a side man a member of you know bands happening on the Lower East Side I mean it just kind of worked out he was like yeah. down a hang oh those are balloons I was like are those drones <laughs> we're, being, <laughs> we're being watched uh, <laughs> oh Brooklyn's weird <laughs> yeah so uh, Matt who was the bass player mm-hmm. um, was super down yeah and Gunner I sent him the songs and he was like hey this is cool so it really we we built it up together yeah. But it started from the songs. The songs and this cathartic moment you had just being like this. I, it, to me, I didn't know that it was something you just like birthed from your head. I thought, which is the I, coolest thing. It's like y- Athena. I mean, I really, it's, it, y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I really, I really needed it. I really needed to like get my shit together and and lift myself up because I was bummed out and I was making this kind of you know you asked what the old band was it was yeah. like some sad music and I'm back to making sad music and proud fucking of it yeah <laughs> you know but um yeah I mean this it's like the first record it's uh, people are like oh it's just all this empowered stuff and this new album is like I fucking lost my mind just heavy making shit. it yeah. I lost my mind and so I'm I don't know where I'm we haven't quite started the the press tour yet for that, you know. I can't so this wait. this is this is fun. This is good for me to kind yeah, of yeah. This is like your practice, your dry run <laughs> of press tours. Not dry Long, because we have gin and soda. Exactly. <laughs> Long form podcast interview. You're gonna be able to crush five minute interviews after this. <laughs> Get my uh, yeah, my little my bites exactly. bites together. <laughs> I live in sound bites. That's my whole my whole life is going. What do you want to hear? Okay, I'll give it to you. Three sentences, you got it. Bang. Here you go. So uh, you got together, wrote all the songs. How did the the look kind of come to be? Again, through the songs. Like, yeah. you know, this is music that is is larger than life, is, yeah. is bigger than than Anne in, in leggings and a cute little sweatshirt top, which is yeah. what I'm wearing now. <laughs> um, but I would not wear this on stage, you know? So... I want to be able to to step into power. I want to be able to step into something greater. Yeah. That that's there hopefully all the time and and the the clothes are like these ceremonial robes that help you lock it in, access, you know, shoes are such a big part of that too. Yeah. Now do you make um your own costumes or did you at one point make your yeah, own costumes? It's a, yeah. It's a it's a mixture. Yeah. We 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 style pretty much everything ourselves but you know we have had the opportunity to work with some amazing designers yeah we 
you know, we spend a lot of time, Lizzie and I spend a lot of time kind of looking for pieces that we can embellish or alter in some way to make them unique and special and, you know, sort of bless them with their mother feather ness. There was this one um, design shop, thrift shop in Soho, not too far from Rockwood, that used to exist. It was on house. It was on like Houston and Lafayette. There was a lot of like baby parts, like I mean, <laughs> like doll, doll heads, baby parts. Doll yeah, yeah, like shit. in yeah. the thing. So it was that kind of place. And they had this like metallic green leather jacket that Ooh. I remember. I thought was so mother feather and so Ann Courtney. And oh, I went in there. I think I know and what you're I was just about. like. I was like, hey, how much is this jacket? And Bubba, and I was like, it was I'm like gonna buy $4, this four thousand dollars. Yeah, it was like thirty five hundred dollars, um, and I was like, ah. Oh, I think Sorry, I know. Anne. I know what I know what shop you're talking about. Yeah, there's no like cute little thrift stores no, on, exactly. on, on Broadway exactly. and in Soho anymore. I was, I was like, like, oh, I'm gonna buy this for Anne, and then I was like, really sweet. Or I could not. I was like, if I buy this for <laughs> Rand, I'm not. I'm not paying rent for like three months. Like, thank you. That's very sweet. But just know, I thought of you. In <laughs> thank it. you. Of course. So you guys quickly became like the coolest band at Rockwood Music Hall. That's you went nice. from when I showed up. That's really uh, nice. I remember meeting you and being friends with you and there'd be like, oh, Ann's band, Motherfeather's playing. Are you going to come? I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll check out Ann. Having no idea what I was getting myself into. You know, I had to work really hard for Ken to even let us play there. FYI. I don't really? know if you know that. I think I, you told me something about that because it's such a. Oh, yeah. Rockwood has its uh, has its vibe. Definitely. <laughs> And I, I could see him, but you guys transcend vibe. So, well, I, I, I kind this, I kind of get off on being underdog. Yeah. And I really, when I have something to prove, like, for, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, so for Ken to tell me no really fired me up. I think in a good way. I'm actually trying to figure. I'm like, oh, is this underdog thing? Like, am I putting myself? behind because i like being in that position a little oh, bit totally. you know um it's, it's it's an artist thing you need to know you, you're man. struggling yeah exactly <laughs> but i don't i don't want to be struggling that much anymore <laughs> i know that's the life of an artist it's the constant struggle <sighs> between needing that motivation needing to be like behind the eight ball to fucking get your to get your juices flowing and to get going and then yeah. When you get like a little too far behind the eight ball, you just get crushingly just, depressed just and you're like, so nothing's sad. ever happening for me again. So sad. Oh, <laughs> that's just, I think that's just like quickly this podcast has become artists being sad with <laughs> their successes. It's like I, I'm talking to a, a friend of mine who had her Broadway debut um, Katie Sexton in a previous episode mm-hmm. and I was just like yeah you're on Broadway now how much does that suck and she was like it <laughs> does man I was like I know it's fucking weird oh man I <laughs> I always feel and I felt this a lot in the past like two two years I mean no in the past nine years yeah <laughs> that this band is like you know, when I run into people and they're like, oh, my God, Mother Feather's so great. You guys are doing so well. I'm like, wow, that's I'm so glad you think that because I feel <laughs> like Sisyphus pull, pushing a boulder up yeah. a mountain all the time. Oh, yeah, man. And if you get like a second where there's like a little ledge and the bolt just can stay for like a second, you're like, ah, and then it starts to roll back. Down. I know. You're like, no! oh. God, I do the same thing all the time. I have people like 
not knowing like what the world is like asking me to invest in stuff and they're like you should invest we're coming on this company i'm like how much money do you think i have like man i'm trying to make rent this month like yeah you got it man i'll give you 58 dollars. how much of a stake do i get in shark tank for that (laughs) it's it's a uh, it's a thing grinding we out here grinding just grinding but that's why your band is so fun to watch because it does it's like just a release from that like during the mother feather show i feel like you get to forget about all those troubles for a second yeah me too and just fucking <laughs> rage out me and too that's why i need it that's why i need it yeah because i'm like ah oh, for a moment for a moment it was all exactly the way it was supposed to be that's what that's why i work so hard like to yeah. really uh it's a slog but it is man those those moments on stage are truly, truly cathartic. And yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm working for, man. I know. And and to connect with my people, to connect with myself, and, and that's you, it. That's but it. you connect with your people. I've never, I mean, again, to use as many superlatives as possible, but I've never seen a audience connect the way they connect to you guys. And it's always every you know at rockwood it was always the highest energy night it was always absolutely crazy you were the only one he ever let use that curtain (laughs) which i don't know how you (laughs) finagled that out of him (laughs) huh yeah how did that end up happening i can't exactly remember because at rockwood is the kind of place where there are no entrances you just kind of walk up on stage but for you guys there was the reveal every time yeah and like oh i loved it yeah me too it was nice. We only had a mic stand get caught on the back of it, I think, once. Okay. That's good. <laughs> you had to be... Well, here's the thing was that... So the stage at Rockwood, even in the in the big room in stage two, yeah. is, is pretty small. Um, so you have a five-piece band with gear on there. It's, it's pretty crowded. But then you have the curtain involved. Everyone's got to move back like three feet, which yeah. is like the whole stage is like five feet. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> It's, uh, and you guys got like, you know, a five, six piece band up there. There's yeah. only so much yeah. room you could take you up. You know, it, so years ago we shot a live Egyptology video at Rockwood for their like live at Rockwood sessions, yeah. which were these like beautifully produced live videos that that Ken set up. So we did Egyptology. And if you watch carefully, you can see Andy, the sound guy, um, on the left hand side of the screen after the, the curtain goes up pulling the like the keyboard stand back out because we were you know we were crushed up against the yeah, back yeah, yeah. and the curtain goes up and then you <laughs> yes, kind of like, like move all the furniture you know? <laughs> it was fun oh that's awesome so produced two eps on your own yes uh first one mother feather the next one living breathing mm-hmm. one of us has a cell phone call that's you it's that's me you, that's bro. oh that is that's you the most unprofessional <laughs> the worst part is I never... we're sitting here drinking gin and sodas in my apartment. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. That's what's great about podcasts versus like a radio station. I'm just like, ah, phone went off. Ah, <laughs> oh, I never have my ring around. Oh, well, sorry. Uh, so you came out with a uh, mother feather followed by living breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you guys do the music video for mother feather? Uh, that came about, it was a summer before it was our first trip overseas. We played, uh, this festival in England mm-hmm. that was, you know, one day we got an email that was like, Hey, do you want to play a festival in England? And the answer was yes, definitely. Yeah. It, w- it was a really good time. When was that? 2012, 11, 
No, I don't know. It's, those, it's a both, time both warp. Of those dates sound good. It's a time warp. We shot that video with the incredible Isaiah King, who is one of my favorite Brooklyn artists uh, mm-hmm. via Canada. Brooklyn. Everyone from Brooklyn's via somewhere <laughs> else. That's fine. Um, anyways, he's, <laughs> he's incredible. And it was really a, a bit of a crapshoot because he, we didn't know him. We yeah. didn't really, he hadn't shot any videos before. And so I was like, well, let's let's give it a go. We have nothing to lose. If it ends up sucking, then we just won't put it, we won't put it out. Exactly. Um, you know, so it felt very low stakes. That yeah. day, though, that we shot ended up being like one of the most artistically fulfilling days of my whole life. Well, I mean, the, well, the, it was one of the first times that ever happened to me, too, where I was like, yeah. time doesn't exist. This is glorious. I'm working my fucking ass off yeah. and having an absolute ball. I was like, oh, so this is this is the this, this is, is the, the good side of this, it. This is the the Sisyphus resting part. Yeah, like, yeah, this is sweet. Yeah, it felt really good, and he's incredible. I have the utmost respect for him and his work. He made us a lyric video recently. Isaiah did. Oh, okay. Uh, for Egyptology, nice. which we got like some we got some nice placements last fall on that show, Shameless. Um, I know that show. Yeah, so we rolled out a couple lyric videos to 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 give give the fans some more. Yeah, give some good stuff and um, give them some good stuff. And Isaiah made just like such a sick video. Did Isaiah do all of the um, animations? He did. Yes, he did. It's the coolest. Everything he did the animations. He directed it. I mean, he um, there were editors and you know cameramen and and hands, but. that that's mostly his his hard work. That's awesome. Yeah. So how so going up the mother feather timeline, then y'all start getting noticed even more and more and more, and then all of a sudden a little label called Metal Blade Records for yeah. all of you who uh, also wore all black in high school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how did they come into the play? Well, we as we were we made our two EPs yeah. and we had planned a third. We had this whole triptych of eps yeah planned and they how did they find us they found us through chris santos um the uh celebrity chef and restaurateur (laughs) um and twitter because chris santos was tweeting about us on grammy night in 2014 15 Uh my phone started blowing up sunday night and it was like, I know I should be watching the Grammys, but instead I can't stop watching this band, Mother Feather. Um, and checking out Mother Feather videos. And so then we start getting all these notifications about Brian Slagle's like, oh, this shit's really awesome. And yeah. the next thing I knew, like Tuesday morning, I had a phone call from Brian Slagle, who I didn't know who he was. Yeah. But the other guys in the band did. Yeah, and yeah. they were <laughs> like, okay, you got to get back to this guy right away. <laughs> um but I mean, that kind of happened through Rockwood. So going a step back, yeah. one of uh, Chris Santos, uh, Chris Santos's employees from Stan Social. Um, so you know, again, this is all sort of Lower East Side. Very much so. Uh, one of his employees had seen a show of ours at Rockwood in mm-hmm. Stage Two, and she, you know, knew that Chris is a big fan of music and loves all kinds of cool things and she was like oh damn you're gonna freak out about this band so that's when he started checking us out online so he hadn't even seen us live 
till like after we the deal was done. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. So shortly after, so you're on now. You're on Metal Blade with you know, just metal legends, which is which is awesome. You guys exude heavy metal, but you're also like. I don't know. You're like genre bending in a way. You're definitely on the lighter side of Metal Blade Records. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely. <laughs> sometimes so. sometimes I think they don't know what to do with us. I know. Yeah. It's all like death metal bands and thrash core bands. Yeah. And it's then, like Cannibal Corpse and yeah, Motherfeather. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which but would I mean, be the best co-headlining tour that'd be sick. ever. <laughs> but I mean, Chris Santos comes back into this story i mean he never he never left the never story left but us. he went right from the set of chopped to to <laughs> this um so chris at, at a mother feather show actually chris and brian decided that that chris should have his very own imprint on metal blade records because chris sends like so many of the bands that brian has signed to metal blade that are yeah. not that don't exactly fit into the the cannibal corpse exactly you know end of the spectrum the death so i don't i don't know if you know this but um chris santos now has an imprint called blacklight media what and they're putting out all kinds of rad shit including i believe our record (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome i like the i believe part including i I mean i think so fingers crossed (laughs) inshallah Blacklight Media is putting out a record. That um, is so fucking cool. Yeah, but it's all part of the same big family, and uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a very new. It's such a New York story, and that's what I love about this. It's such a New York band, starting from, you know, these small little venues to getting, you know, just finding the ear of the right guy, and then getting on Metal Blade, and then shortly after that, y'all head out for Warp Tour to support the album. It sounds so tidy, doesn't it? It sounds so oh, like Oh, it's not even... T- <laughs> it only sounds tidy because I only got an hour with you. It's I know, so that's much right. This, more. Is, this is nine years of... I know. Of, that's like, isn't that the thing about being an grinding. artist? Is when people... It's like 10 years of your life gets reduced down to like a three-minute soundbite, and you're just like, oh, guys, I did, I did so much work right. for you to I, say the sentence. I almost quit a million times yeah i thought i should quit a million times yeah you know how many times did i go crying back to the bar (laughs) give me some more gigs man tours drying up (laughs) oh all that i did the same thing i quit rockwood i think like four times (laughs) and then would come back and be like hey uh if you need someone to fill in i have too too much pride for that man (laughs) oh dude (laughs) there's a lot of bars in new york city (laughs) i know there are but I don't know. I think it's because it was it was easy. I was just kind of like. Also, all my failures came swift enough where like I wasn't off the schedule yet, and I was like, "Never mind." It's uh, cool. I got a Tuesday. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool, guys. You it's, don't need I'll, to cover this. I'm gonna pick up that Thursday night. God, that that I know that happened to me. Um, I quit uh because I booked a mini series. It was like my first big like acting gig, and I booked I think a mini series. I remember this. I was so fucking pumped. I quit. It was going to be a huge thing. I was like, Ken, thank you so much. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, you kicked over the trash can. Yeah, (laughs) I got a lead in this miniseries. Never see y'all again. That lasted three days. I showed up on set. I didn't even start filming. I remember that. Yeah, it was just sucked. The producer looked me up and down like on the last day of uh, like hair and makeup tests. We did like a last (laughs) look in front of the executive producers. He walks in the room and just like looks straight at me and he goes, why is this guy so big? It looks weird. And I was just like, oh, oh, okay. 
And that was it. That was it. That's how fickle that industry is. Is they was just like, yeah, he looks weird. And then they asked us all to leave. And then I hear the director and the the executive producer like talking slash arguing with each other. And then like the director just walked out looking defeated and was like, hey man, oh. we're putting you on a plane in the morning. I'm sorry. And it was just like, dude, this. Uh, I was like, I'm in the middle. Of, what do you mean you're putting me on a plane? We're in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. I have to get on like. <laughs> You had to put me on like a four-hour van ride, then a plane. This is—I got a long time We're to gonna, think about this. I have this. to row the fucking raft to the to the fucking truck to the airport. We were just up in the fucking woods, and I was like, "Oh, okay, dude." Oh, okay. You have to have guts of fucking steel for this shit. I know guts of steel. You do. It is torture, and I'm—you know what? Okay, so I'm doing voiceovers now. I mean, when fuck yeah, and I'm a little—I got. Thank you, Paul Guyette, um, like hooked me up with somebody really great and made some great connections for me. I'm yeah. auditioning. I'm I'm booking some work. Um, Hell yeah. I'm having my little Scarlet solo over here. I'm working from home. I'm working from the studio. It's great. But auditioning again? I mean, I quit acting because I was like, I, I cannot like be at the mercy of other people's stupid shit yep. all the time. Oh, I I'm feel making the my same own way. shit because I can't like eat shit all the time for your dumb fucking garbage yeah. script or whatever. I just don't have the stomach for it. And now here I am, I'm back in audition land, but in, in a good place. I, yeah. lo- I love auditioning cold. Yeah. Like not having to memorize, prepare, you know, spend three days completely like absorbed in something for a to five never minute hear audition. Back. To, oh. I can't I can't live like that. The effort I've put into some auditions, mm-hmm. like of research and hard thing and showing up to the audition in a fucking costume and like really just to literally never hear from them again <laughs> after five minutes is like it's crushing. Dude, you got you got a guts of steel. Yeah. And so but I had I was like called back for this this big voiceover gig that they'd seen apparently a lot of people for and it it felt like I had a good, really good feeling about it. And I was on hold for two days, 48 hours of pure pain of like, don't look at the phone. Phone rings like leaping out of my seat, like uh, 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 so tense. Like I'm so, yeah. I'm so close. I'm so close to getting in there. And then it doesn't happen. And you're just like, oh, this is why I quit this shit. I, know. <laughs> I, don't have the, I, know. I don't have the balls to handle it. It's just so, oh, I just, it's like, like my first couple auditions in the city. I just remember my mom who's very supportive is just like, Oh, so how the audition go? So when will you hear back from them? And I said, if I book the gig, probably in a week, otherwise never, never. <laughs> just never. They will yeah. never, you don't get a thanks, but no thanks. You just get a fucking nothing. You just, you, you know what? But that's the thing, right? Is it's, it reminded me, it's like, just do the audition and just get the fuck, just carry on with your life, yeah. you know, and just let, who cares? Just let it go. I got other shit to do. Well, that's the thing. And also to have something like Mother Feather, something that is birthed out of you to, to focus on, to do. That's one thing that I've been really grateful for with the modeling is that I never intended on being a model. I now love it. Yeah. I now absolutely love it. And it's given me the opportunity to pursue things like this podcast, to pursue other things I want to do where I don't have to answer to another person. Like it's, I'm tired of begging people for work, begging people to believe in me. It drives me fucking nuts. And that's what is like, 
That's one of the things that I love about your guys' album is it is so empowering and it yeah, is so like. Yeah, it's like you know what I don't I have myself. Yeah. Fuck all you motherfuckers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and that like that's why I made the band. Mm-hmm. Um, to really just for me, like that was it at the beginning, at yeah. the beginning, and then through throughout the course of the life of the band, suddenly suddenly we have fans suddenly yeah. we have people who are like responding in this deep way to a thing that was really about me yeah. and like i'm trying to not throw myself off the building i'm trying to remi- remind myself to be good to be awesome that i am good that i am awesome yeah that it's okay that all these you know so i don't devour myself with all of the feelings yeah to express the feelings to ride the feelings to glory yeah. you know and then to have people especially young people especially like when we played warp tour and suddenly we're seeing like new throngs of young people every day who yeah. are freaking out and responding and hearing things i'm like oh this is All this is sudden, much much bigger than me yeah much bigger than well, me. well that's the thing especially being on a thing like warp tour where you realize like i don't know you know if you were a little scenester kid like i was in high school but like warp tour was like the thing yeah that was like the coolest thing people could be doing and you know you grew up idolizing that and also there's such a a cool culture in warp tour scene where people aren't there just to see the blink 182s and the big thing they're there to latch on to they want to see the newest bands hear the coolest things they're there at your 11 a.m set because they want to see what the fuck is going on yeah and to uh, to our benefit much to our benefit yeah that was such a that was such a cool special experience for our band how many cities did y'all do uh I think we did 42 dates, like in seven so weeks cool. or something. Jesus. <laughs> seven and a half So weeks, y'all are yeah. just packing up each day and hitting the next spot. Yeah. It's, I mean, especially for somebody who had never been on tour like that before. Yeah. I mean, we'd done like a little, some overseas jaunts. And yeah, no, you definitely did stuff, but you were like a New York City centric band. Very much so. Yeah. So. And then suddenly we're on like, you know, full full fucking tilt yeah summer camp back traveling circus yeah yeah it was wild i mean i'm very it was great yeah. and and i i mean i thought i was gonna die like <laughs> I, I no i really like i yeah. wasn't sure that my body was gonna hold up well you guys put on such a high energy show that it's not like no offense to it but it's not like sitting there with an acoustic guitar getting to sing your couple pretty songs and leave you guys leave it all out on the stage every time well and i always end up like being in a lot of physical pain i remember when you had to go to the hospital after a show at rockwood really sucked that was such a bummer because that that was something that was really out of my control yeah um i don't remember what happened you slipped on something what happened was that the band before us had left some kind of slippery substance on the stage yeah. like valve oil maybe i had tipped over a, a thing about val- i don't know but in the clean something more it, viscous than a vodka soda something, or something. super yeah. slippery and oily yeah, yeah, yeah. and the stage hand had 
wiped it down into the wood, like basically creating something that was like more slippery than yeah. ice. And I thinking remember he was wiping it up, but he's just smearing, smearing it, making yeah. it just like impossibly slick. Jeez. And I remember, so the curtain was down. Yeah, of course. <laughs> our our friend, the curtain, has returned. Yeah. Uh, the star of this podcast. The yeah. Curtain. <laughs> the curtain is down. We're setting up our gear, and I got up on stage, and I was like. <gasps> Oh my God, why is it so fucking slippery? I'm gonna fucking break my neck. And I was like pouring Coca-Cola on the stage, talking to the state, like we gotta, we yeah. gotta try and figure this out. All in persona because you 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 have you have a very like like real there's a big difference between Ann Courtney and Mother Feather on stage, Ann Courtney. So you I remember from the very beginning you were like, This is slippery as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like just yelling it into the mic and like just at, yeah but kind of like just setting like foreshadowing you well, taking a tumble dude the we uh, maybe a year or two before we played a show after this amazing band called not blood paint at cameo mm-hmm. and they had like a lot of like props and stuff including uh roast chicken which they were like rolling around in on the stage. So, I mean, I have been on a slippery stage before, like full of like animal fat, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's fine. Whatever this was, it was scary. Yeah. So we played the first song and, you know, the choreo didn't like involve a lot of like moving from yeah. my legs. And then as soon as I had to move, wipe, just wiped out instantly and fell over the bass player's pedals, and there's that railing on the front of the stage too. Yeah, not not no more, but there. W- no, that there was new. That? No, it's there now. It's it still it, there. it yeah. was a new thing. I remember. Well, it wasn't I mean, original. stage two was also newish. New. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I fell over the pedals and Jeez. and fell like ribs first into the railing, which is like a thin iron railing. Oh yeah, and it basically like wedged itself in between my ribs. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, that really hurt. But it was, you know, the adrenaline of the show. Yeah, came you back kept up going. For as long as I could. And then there was, you know, we were singing Constellation Baby and there's that high note. And it yeah. just, there was no breath. Like I had no, there no sound came out. Yeah. And then it started to like sink in. I was like, oh, I'm really hurt. Yeah. Like something yeah, bad yeah, yeah. really happened. And I was so, so sad. Like, I, I ended the show because I was like, I'm not. You had to, yeah. I'm not going to make it. And, um, which I hated to do. But you I popped hate- up uh, as an audience member of that show. You, like, popped up so quickly after getting, after falling and made it look like nothing. I just remember when you guys did end the show, I was just kind of like, oh, that set was pretty quick. Like, I <laughs> didn't think anything was wrong. And then I all of a sudden. I heard that from a lot of people. People just started pouring out. And I was just, I was like, was going by, like, to say goodbye to you. And I think, like, you know, Tom came back and he was just like, yeah, she's going to the hospital. <laughs> she's gone. And I was just like, wait, what? And he goes, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fucked up. I, uh, yeah, that was a super bummer. But, uh, you know, when I got the response back from people the next day, which was like, I didn't. I didn't know you no were, one knew. you know, I didn't Cause know. you just popped up and kept going, whether which, it was pure good, adrenaline or true, man, I was pure badassery. I really or... fucking bummed we didn't get to play the end of that show because yeah. we made it to about the midway point. Yeah. We didn't make it to the finale. And it was, I think that was the show that maybe the Metal Blade Blacklight Media imprint was, because I, I, 
I think that was the first time Chris Santos actually saw us live. And I was like, <laughs> oh, and I broke my ass on stage. Oh, but it was badass. It was, I mean, it was fucking, uh, I don't know how to describe it other than badass. It, it's, it's great. I, I think this band is such a good role model, not just for women, but just for anyone who's ever felt like trampled on or anything. <laughs> it is. No, it's so badass. And what I love about you and Lizzie is you show people that's like, no, you don't have to be this prim proper, whatever you're allowed to let it all fucking out and not just, and be so unapologetic and throw your badassery in people's faces. And if they don't like it, fuck them. And, uh, that's what, the, the, that's the feeling you get at your guys shows. Well, Thank you. And that's like something that I really, Lizzie and I really push each other, have pushed each other very, very hard to be like, yo, man, you got to be bigger than your insecurities for this show. You have to like, you know, in, in costuming each other. Right. Like she and I have very different bodies. Right. And, and it's like, get, get over your shit. Get over your shit. Get over your judgment. Like you just, you have to, you have to. Cause if you want to, you want to play a mother feather show ain't got no time for that stupid shit (laughs) how long did it take to get past like the self-consciousness of being on stage it's still the way you're on stage for mother still still it's yeah it's ongoing um ongoing Yeah, yeah it's not over there's still that there's still the fear there's still the insecurity yeah um and it'll always be there like as someone like i work in the body positive movement um for lack well i'm gonna come up with a better name for it one day i love the body i mean i I am this is my whole life is the body positive movement but i want to come up with a cooler name i'm Mm. gonna figure it out one day yeah like i don't know are you are you familiar with the style like you what's underneath series no so uh this is started by a mother-daughter team who had like a style blog called uh-huh. Style Like You, you as in letter U. Um, and then I guess quite a few years ago now, they started doing these interviews. The format was interview a person about their style. What does your style say about you? How is your, you know, what do you think people think about you based on yeah. your style? And they have this interview and they ask throughout the course of the interview for the interviewee to kind of like remove a piece I of clothing. I have seen this. Yeah. No, till I've the, absolutely till, till seen at the this. end of the interview, they're, they're in their underwear. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, as they disrobe, they sort of, you know, uh, intimacy happen. They're, they're you become more real. The barriers yeah, get stripped down. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I've been like a junkie for this podcast or for this, this uh, video series for... Yeah for years actually ran into I've run into the the mother and daughter I think they live in this neighborhood um, a few times now out and about and so I've had the opportunity to say like oh holy shit thank you for yeah I mean it's just, just it's been really cathartic to see various people talk about all kinds of different things and people I know you know recognizing a lot of these Brooklyn characters or New York City characters. Oh, it's that that person that used to play at Rockwood, or yeah. like, oh, I know that person from around town, or um, just to talk a, a, a format in which to talk about their lives. And man, I I love that shit so much. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I no, love it. it's it's oh, 
it's amazing. So much, I think, of your insecurities come from your physicality. I think that's the first time we learn to feel insecure is the first time someone comments on the way we look. Mm-hmm. Like when we're very, very young. It could be something as simple as like your aunt being like, oh, you got such chubby cheeks. But then mm-hmm. all of a sudden those little things start to ingrain in you. And it leads to, you know, first you're unconfident about your looks and your body. And then you start being unconfident about your abilities because of these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I love about body positivity in general is I feel like it's the start of all problems is <laughs> like, like is, is people being insecure about this stuff. I, I have a whole theory. I'm like, it's, I can trace any issues you got back down to you feeling shitty about the way you looked from an early age. Well, also, but think about people get that about their voices yeah. too. Like people are like, I can't sing. It's yeah, like, actually is, you probably, you probably can sing, but yeah. you were probably told, you know, Oh, use your inside voice or, Oh, why are you so squeaky? Or, oh. or you're tone deaf, Yeah, you know? And, yeah, it's amazing that even from being I don't know when we're conditioned it as young people to put each other down from like from a very young age. We're like taught to like to to, to like neg each other and, mm-hmm. and just kind of chop each other down and like being humble. I still can't take a compliment because I feel like I'm being rude for accepting a person's compliment. I feel yeah, like I'm being like braggadocious. You got to get over that. Yeah. No, I've been trying. I've been trying. <laughs> People on the internet help. Uh, <laughs> and so that one person says something mean, and then I'm like, see, you other 80,000 people are lying Ugh. to me. That one dude with the Twitter egg, he says I'm awful. He's right. Whatever. Like, what, a, what, a, what a snore. I know. Inter- internet hate. I mean, ugh, whatever. I know. That's one <laughs> thing about like these new uh, Parkland kids that um, – are just doing such amazing things. I feel like they're a better generation than I was <laughs> like watching just like the f- fucking passion and their ability and their ability to, to organize and progress. But people have said, cause they're getting torn apart on the internet. Yeah. And you know, they do interviews with people and with some of these kids and they say like, yo, we grew up with the internet. We're the first generation that didn't know life before the internet. Mm-hmm. We're used to this. We have people say terrible things about us since we're born, which is amazing. It's so fucking amazing. So what's the, the, yeah, what's the difference? The internet, social media, the fact that the message can spread so quickly. I mean, yes, I'm profoundly impressed by those students. Yeah. Um, Holy shit, man. What, what a, what a beacon. Yeah. What a beacon in these dark times. Ugh. I know. And also, what a boon for Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. I mean, God. I've been talking a lot of shit about Florida, but... My whole life. Oh, yeah. My whole I life I've like, talked shit about Florida. These are some really impressive human beings yeah. from Florida. I know. Yes. I know. Beautiful. I take I it back, Florida. Sorry for everything I said. <laughs> yeah. I said there's, there's a lot of Twitter accounts dedicated to how weird you are. <laughs> Oh my god. Mother feather. Uh, <laughs> so you're doing Vans Warp Tour, then you're going to Rock the Range, and then you're yeah. you're just you're just hitting all We played all, some cool hit, festivals. Who's last the year. coolest band you got to be on a festival lineup with? Gosh, there are there are a lot. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of cool bands. We got to play 
alongside in terms of who we got to know. How about this? Who is Mother Feather and Courtney's favorite person you played with? And who is like 16 year old and Courtney's person you were most excited to play with? Um, I think 16 year old and Courtney was like very excited about being on a bill with Soundgarden. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. You know? Uh, and RIP Chris Cornell. I know. Uh, I think that the biggest pleasant surprises from our, our, our touring situation in 2016 and the festivals we played was playing, discovering uh, a band like Old Wounds, which is like a New Jersey hardcore band that yeah. fucking blew my mind um, to get to see play every day on Warp Tour and to see the fucking energy. Like, you know, this is a basement hardcore band from yeah. Asbury. Forgive me if you guys are not from Asbury. Thank you from Asbury. <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey. Um, and those guys were awesome to hang out with yeah. and were just... It was like a seance every time that they were performing. Um, and then to get to play with a band like Masked Intruder that, I, you know what? I'm actually not a huge pop punk fan. I never yeah. I never knew that much about the genre. I was never really into it. And yeah. then here we are on Warp Tour playing with this. Uh, <laughs> it's like a dive bomber. <laughs> um, playing with this amazing band from Wisconsin and they were just like their show was so goddamn tight and yeah. I, it was it was magical in a way that like working at Rockwood for 10 years I really changed my mind it opened my eyes to a lot of things about showmanship yeah. musicianship it's like yeah maybe this is not my taste I wouldn't like dial this up but you, you know on Spotify it. to check out but you know what? I saw your show and I was riveted. I was really impressed. I took so many lessons. I was like, yeah. I'm going to fucking steal that shit. That's a thing that I need to be doing. That shit is so cool. Yeah. And like, and they were like the raddest dudes ever to hang out with. So that's awesome. That's the cool, like, back in Rockwood. It's like, yeah, we saw at a minimum 50 bands a week. Well, yeah. at that at a place, minimum, at and a I worked minimum. there for ten years, dude. No, <laughs> I had I got to the point where my um, God, my standards for live music were so much higher after being there for so long, and it just got to the point where like I'm almost like kind of douchey about it, where people are like, "Hey, you want to go see my friend's band?" No. And my immediate thing is like, "Oh no, no, I really don't." Oh, because well. I'm gonna get mad like and at everything, I'll get mad at your friend's band. I'll get mad at the sound people for the for the venue and everything. It's like it was such a, a treasure to work at a place of that high quality with that high. And also, I'm broken on live music for you know it's got to be done. fucking good. Yeah. And also, I mean, the other thing is that if you're there for an eight hour shift and you see seven live bands, yeah, in a in a week where you're working five shifts, I like know. now I'm like ah. How wonderful to go see one band of my choosing and then I can leave at the end. I know. But also like whatever. If I'm if I'm gonna be seeing your show, like and I'm not getting paid to yeah. <laughs> if I'm paying to see you. I know. That's what's so cool. Like I think after working for years in a music venue, I took away I'd honestly say like 
five to ten acts <laughs> that I actually adore. still adore, yeah. love, and listen to now. But out of all the music, out of the hunt, the thousands, literally thousands of bands I saw, I took away like ten that I'm like these people, including Motherfeather, will like be Woo-hoo. with me for like <laughs> the rest of my life. These will be like these are the people that are gonna sh- pop up on my iPod shuffle, and I'm gonna be pumped about, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, who is this? And I'll be like, oh, funny story. Yeah, <laughs> would you know this? So mm-hmm. I love it. Me too. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, thanks, Ken, for putting together this thing. He put, I mean, Rockwood's one of those just amazing little New York spots. That's the house that Ken built. He really did. He's still, I mean, he's still building it. It's still there. (laughs) I know it. And now they're doing comedy, which pisses me the fuck off. Get out. I begged him for years. Oh, shit's going south. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad sign. (laughs) Yo, I begged him for years to do comedy. From the second stage three opened, I was just like, yo, I know this is your baby. I know you want it to be like a cool, smooth, jazz, quiet, listen to the music room. (laughs) But I can fill this place every fucking night with a two drink minimum and a cover because comedy people pay a lot of money because they're used to it. Because every show is 20 bucks with a two cover. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I was begging him because I was in a comedy band at the time. He let us play. We played there twice. So, you know, it's not like you guys had you had guitars. So, yeah. We were a musical it's comedy. It's a music so hall. It's a music hall. It's not exactly. Rockwood Comedy Hall. <laughs> no, and I totally agree with that. But now, now they're doing comedy. And I was just like, oh, man. Uh, just from Because that was when I was managing. And I was like, yo, listen, just from a money standpoint, you're just Remember when you were my up. boss? I was. And I was late was all the time. I did not care. I was like, I mean, I cared. It, I, <laughs> there were, I definitely cared. Um, I it was your job to care. It was my job to and care. And it was my job to not give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were definite favorites back when I was a manager. And you were one of them. Because there were definitely people. You say that, that now because you're sitting in my apartment. No, I say that now <laughs> because you're fucking Ann Courtney. Oh, it's just like, ah, she's off being you have a to badass <laughs> somewhere. I would like be cutting your fruit for you being late. I only ever said anything about you being late because Tom made me. Like it was just, you know, there were there were times, <laughs> but he's out of there too, so it's fine. Uh, Good old Tom. I saw Tom recently. It was really really nice. He's he's really nice. Him and Aaron are great. Yeah. That place also birthed, I don't know how many relationships <laughs> between people. Yeah. How many people have gotten married and now are divorced? Oh, a lot. Really. We'll talk about it later. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just assuming a lot, but it's always like a hush-hush thing. Um, there's a bunch that are still together. Yeah. That, that's yeah, the I happier like side of it. there's a lot of successful... I mean, Drew and Elena. Um, uh, We're allowed Tyler to talk about and, the successes. I don't know. Let me... Yeah. Well, that's successful. They're still together. God, yeah. Tyler, Christina, Tom and Aaron. Oh, isn't it great that you're all together? You're not listening. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I remember a musical couple, uh, Bess and Chris, got engaged one night. Yeah. They have a child. I don't think I was there that night. Yeah. This, I feel like this was before your time. But I remember time. that. No, no, no. It wasn't before my time. That they got engaged at the club? No. I was there for them actually getting married, but I don't think I was there for the engagement. Have there have been weddings at Rockwood. There's been, yes. So, crazy? so many, many, many good years. I can do a whole podcast that's just talking about times at Rockwood Music Hall, but oh, I feel like man. it would have 16 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be it. It's fine. <laughs> I know. We'll make that one for us later. Uh, oh, my God. So uh, the inevitable question of all, 
Oh. Uh, music questions. What's next? What's coming up? You guys are uh, fucking album. Our new album. The new album's gonna happen. Oh, uh, we sometime. have an album. Yes, we made an album, and I'm so f- super ridiculously proud of it. And it was, uh, it's it's truly truly a labor of love, and it's so eclectic, and it all sounds like mother feather, and I think it just is expanding what that means. Um, and so we've been trying to trying to release it into the world yep. and uh looks like that's going to be happening soon so good <laughs> very soon, oh, soon. Nothing n- better than <laughs> been, a, been a few than snags along the way i mean as it happens as it happens um but yeah looks, we can't wait it's, to it's, hear it's, it. it it is forthcoming i'm so goddamn excited about it i'm so goddamn excited to put it out a squirrel. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> just just kind of almost came into your apartment Welcome and looked to the at us house. for a second. And this this might be the only recorded interview that ever happens here. Good. In in, in this this place where I okay. wrote a lot of the songs for this new album right here on this very couch. Like Fuck yeah. completely ha- losing my mind having a psychotic break right here. <laughs> this is it. That's why I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> the best music comes from psychotic breaks. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. Um, do you have, before we go, any advice for our listeners who feel like for reasons X, Y, and Z, shit ain't going to work out for them? Shit ain't going to work out for them like... Like they feel like they're being held back. They feel, I mean, this one of the reasons I made this show is because I, growing up being an actor and trying to be a musician and trying to be... A comedian and trying to be a model <laughs> trying to do like a fifth any every every job in the arts imaginable and feeling like I was falling down I finally got to the point where I'm like modestly successful at something and the whole reason I started this show was to was to talk to people who I'm inspired by and inspired me along the way mm-hmm. to get to the point where I am in life and I want to you know make a show for people who also can get inspired the way I was by just hearing, you know, the words out of someone else who's doing its mouth. Right. right. So like, what would you tell somebody who, who just is kind of where, you know, we've all been before that's feeling down and out that feels like they're not going to be successful either because their shape or their size or their gender, or their socioeconomic status or their talent level or whatever. Mm-hmm. They feel like they ain't going to make it. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. A couple things. You definitely ain't going to make it if you quit. Definitely. So that's that's kind of number one, right? So if you can fucking dig your nails in yeah. and hang on, <laughs> then eventually something will happen. Something, something. Um, but that I think, yes, take listen, pay attention to the artists you love. Pay attention, glean as much information as you can, study, uh, but... At the end of the day, ultimately, you decide your own worth. And it's, you know, easier said than done. Easier said than done because it's incredibly validating to get a check for for a song you wrote or to have somebody respond to something that was like yours, that was meaningful, that you put into the world. And they said, oh, that that resonated for me. Yeah. That kind of outside validation can really push you along. But... But that's not, you can't start from that place. And 
sometimes that alone, scary, fearful place, just go there and tune into your inner compass and you know I like yeah I don't I don't know I don't know how to change anybody's life I'm trying to like change my own and and also keep a forest for the trees perspective a lot of the time when shit is just horrible and scary or feels terrible like things are not going to go anywhere just zoom out zoom out zoom out zoom out and Remember, oh my, take a look at how far you've come or take a look at just, just the, I don't know, man. I don't have any answers. <laughs> all I know is, no, it, all I know is like, go, go inside to yourself. Yeah. Don't look outside. And it's so hard, right? Because like now there's so many places to look. There's so much distraction. Like I'm so, I feel like right now one of my biggest struggles, and I know I'm not alone here, is the is the screen, right? Yeah, well, yeah. And and when I'm doing that, how can I say no? Stop! Stop! Yeah. Like go inside. What are you looking outside for? Um, you know, remember your resources. Uh, I think that, that, you know, I'm, whatever, I'm very, very lucky. I'm very lucky. I have friends, I have family, I have resources, I have, but also look to your inner resources. And I don't know, that's all, yeah. I think you said it, man. (laughs) No, I do. (laughs) No, but it's, it's, I know you totally said it. It, It's, it's, it's hard to give that advice where you're just like, and that's why I'm trying to come up with a better way to phrase that question because I ask people all the time and it is because like, you're not, you and I aren't here right now to give people answers. Mm -hmm. We're here to show people that there's a light at the end of the tunnel sometimes but sometimes you're in the wrong tunnel yeah maybe and it's okay there's not a light at the end of the tunnel and it's okay to change directions and it's okay to figure out which tunnel you're in you know what actually one piece of concrete advice that i would give that i give i feel like i give to myself i give to my closest friends all the time to artists is be gentler with yourself yeah like fucking so there's so people are so hard on themselves of thing you know maybe you're exactly where you need to be yeah maybe maybe treat yourself like a, a baby for a minute like maybe it's okay to be soft and kind and like breathe <laughs> you know maybe you don't have to maybe it doesn't have to be so hard all the time maybe it can be sweet and loving i mean that's some yoga shit i'm sorry (laughs) i love it that's the best advice especially coming from the hardest rocking metal badass i know to it's awesome i think that's pop cock rock metal pop cock rock metal band (laughs) the the not at all metal rock and roller (laughs) it's just fucking god just badass i don't know it's it's I, I stopped trying to put a label on you a long time ago. Good. Because <laughs> I, I fucking shrug that shit off. But man, I saw something. So our label posted um, a photo of us at a show we did. And it was the caption was 
you know, this is mother, this is mother feather and they, they don't give a fuck. And it's super empowering. This is, you know, they, yeah. mother feather doesn't give a fuck. And I read it and I was like, that's so funny because I give all the fucks. <laughs> I care so much. I try so hard. I know. I'm like, that's really amusing. <laughs> that's, the, but that's what you got to put out there. It's, 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 it's awesome. I love it. Uh, and thank you so much for being with us. Everyone, oh, please check out Mother Feather on yeah. everything, on all the social medias. Um, just at Mother Feather on... Yeah, use the Googler. Use the Googler, I Mother know. Feather, two words. Two words, motherfeather.com. Mother, Mother Feathers are, are our fans. Mother, um, Feather, you, Mother Feather is the ultimate... Um, compliment compliment it's the <laughs> ultimate noun and adjective yeah, it's, it's, it's good it works it, it's pretty perfect uh please check them out uh, mother feathers on metal blade records their uh self-titled album is out now called mother feather available wherever fine music is sold on the internet uh um and check them out and you're the most badass Thanks, uh, thanks for coming and hanging out in my living room, oh, which I is also it. my kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> and and, and the, your studio and, and your studio. bike <laughs> exercise room. We're in New it's York. the gym. This Ex- is the gym. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you so much, Anne, for being with us. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Big Thanks. Yeah. And we're going to leave you with one of Mother Feather's tunes right now. What a dream come true talking to an actual rock star like Ann Courtney. Isn't she great? She's the best. If you guys want to see Mother Feather coming up soon, they are playing at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn on May 9th. Uh, doors are at 8 p.m. They're playing with Villains and Voreen. Uh, $12 advance, 15 at the door. You guys should go see them. Um, you can check them out at motherfeather.com. Please buy their latest album. Uh, their self-released debut album on Metal Blade Records called Mother Feather, available on iTunes and wherever fine digital music is sold. Uh, as I said, check them out at motherfeather.com. Follow them on all the socials. And guys, thank you for being here every week. This show has become something really special to me. I get, I get to talk to the coolest people in the world, and thank you guys for being a part of it. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. If you haven't left a rating, please leave us a five-star rating. And uh, recommend us to other people, guys. Other people like talking about us, too. Thank you so much. Follow us on social media at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O, on Twitter and Instagram, at Facebook, on Facebook.com slash BigThingsPod, at our website, BigThingsPod.com. Email us, Zach at BigThingsPod.com and Josh at BigThingsPod.com. And I'm getting really good at saying this last part really fast, but guys, thank you so much. And because I know you haven't had enough, we're leaving you with one more song from Mother Feather. Guys, thank you for everything. And remember, until next week, go out in the world and do big things. <laughs>